and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome everybody to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. We all hope that you've had a lovely Christmas. I am the Bath Bomb Princess Sarah, and this week on our last show of 2018, we are discussing the past year of NXT call-ups to the main roster. If this is your first time listening to us, what the hell have you been doing? Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are on iTunes, Spotify, all good Android podcasting sites. Just search Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Make sure you follow us on social media as well. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Suplex Retweet. Tell all your friends about us. Leave a review and a rating. We do welcome all feedback. But it's time to meet my panel. First up, he is the leader of the Strack Edge Society, which has a strict no Stephen Wilson policy. <laughs> and he is also available to take bookings starting in 2019 in fruit bowl arrangement. <laughs> it is trash. <laughs> I don't ever never say Wilson can never be in the society, but I ah, know he's not getting it. <laughs> Jack, how are you? Too bad, how's yourself? I am dying, but I'm quite I'm quite proud of my taking bookings in 2019. I'm very proud the of that. Days football was the first victim. Anybody else game? <laughs> well, speaking of Dave's football. <laughs> He is the man he is trying to get his five a day, but can't, mainly because Strack keeps messing around with the internet football. It's Dave Hi, Tommy. Sarah. Hi. Uh, literally, the way Strack left my football when I had the, the War Games night, <laughs> I'm not going to get I'm not gonna get that out of my head. It's, that's annoying. How long did it take you to notice? Uh, about a day. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I was in bed for most of it. I thought it was the start of the night. Uh, I, don't, I didn't even notice that whatsoever. Okay. Next on my panel, we originally extended the invitation to Lucy, but either the letter got lost in the mail or the more likely option that this man intercepted it during a secret mission. It's Kernan. <laughs> Gary Kernan. Oh, thank you for that introduction. I'm also a member of the No Stephen Wilson Club as well. Um, actually, most of our family are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, the one time he's, he's like, oh, I can't even come and do it now. Ever <laughs> oh, well. Thank you, Sarah. He's never going to let me host again. I'm letting you guys bash him. Left of the anniversary show, he kind of deserves it because he roasted every one of us. That is, that is did, true. Yeah. And then rounding off my panel, he is the man that's usually behind the decks and the selfies. But today, unfortunately, he does not have either of them. But he is the reason we sound as good as we do. Blood, sweat, and God knows how many tears after spending the past year with us. He is our prestigious EP. It is Quacky. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello. I've got to say, for balance of argument, I like Stephen Wilson. And I'm very sincere in my voice when I say that. <laughs> he says that with fingers crossed behind his back. Oh, no, no. I, I, I love Stephen. You know, I can't wait till the new year when I see him again. Who's <laughs> oh. like that? I <laughs> see... We're all doing this remotely as well. We could tell that you don't need that. I already did. I hear. Anyway, <laughs> we all ready to just dive in for our questions. Uh, yep. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Right. Well, we'll start off with SmackDown Live because they've actually only had a very small handful of people in roster. So we have had Sanity, but we've had Killian Dane, Alexander Wolfe, and Eric Young. We have also had David Campbell's favorite tag team, the Iconics. Mm-hmm. 
And then rounding off is Kwaku's favourite person in the whole wide world is Andrade Cianales mm-hmm. with Selena Vega. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw this open. Who? Uh, oh, actually, I'll throw this open to Gary. I'll start with you. Who do you think has actually been the most successful call up for SmackDown? All the three that have been called up. I would, I would probably say the Iconics of those three. Yeah. Um, I, I say that because I've been bitterly disappointed with the other two. Um, Sanity and, and Almas since they've came onto the, the roster for different reasons um, the reason i probably say the Iconics I think it's probably the right time I don't think there's much else they could do in NXT but see, they are they are great at their role they are very easy to dislike and they're really irritating they they play their part. They play their part well. They're there. You know, they're never going to be world champion until there's tag titles for them to go at. Their role's going to be uh, to annoy somebody and then get beat up by them or, or lose the lose the matches that matter. So that's probably why I would say the, the iconics. But for me, it's um, uh, the other two. Uh, I had high hopes and expectations of, and I don't think they've quite reached those levels. Well, that's interesting. Quacky, I'll throw this open to you. So who do you think has been the most successful well, so far? Uh, obviously, I do have a slight bias because I like certain person, but I would say Andrade Cianamas, probably because of all of them, he's probably had the most bookings. I mean, this is a shameful thing. My basis of this is he's had the most like main event bookings, if you like. Or mm-hmm. the, and the most TV time exactly, as well. Exactly, and that's quite shocking that I'm quite saying that. Like, what Gary was saying about Iconics was very true, and, like, at Evolution, they're booking at the Battle Royal. Although they got thrown out first, it was absolutely hilarious, and them opening it up like that. And I think they got oh, yeah. probably the best exposure for their character kind of thing. So, but Andrade, I mean, he just came off a tag team match with Daniel Bryan, uh, against uh, Mustafa Ali, who's been doing wonders, and uh, AJ Styles. So he's been right up there uh, with what he's been doing. But again, l- who knows? Let's see what 2019 can bring from mm-hmm. Sanity. Yeah, they kind of start, but it seems they're going to get. I mean, uh, that episode of SmackDown last week was a bit more promising. So let's see what happens with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, how about you? Who do you think has been the most successful? Uh, I think in terms of match quality, I've got to give it to Almas because, you know, he's been, you know, as the guy said, uh, he's been sort of brushing shoulders with the sort of top guys on the roster, but he's not been too overly exposed. You know, he's just sort of quietly sitting in the mid card with sort of main event tier matches as you go along. Um, I think that's probably the best thing to go about it because they're not pushing him too too much too soon as it were and I think that's the mistake they've made with a lot of, of call-ups but you know I think Almas all he has to do is just prove how good he is in the ring and that captivates uh, the fans a lot and when it comes to like the Iconics as well they come across really well as good heels on the mic particularly at events such as Super Showdown and Evolution whilst I think you know I think that's where they have the edge over Almas because I think their mic work is, is generally better but I think if we're going in terms of match quality, I think Almas definitely uh, has been doing the best so far. Mm-hmm. And Strack, finally, do you agree with the rest of the guys? Uh, I, I, I think Almas has done it the best because a lot of his matches have been really good, solid, entertaining matches, in my opinion. They're no, like, obviously him against Gargano material. They've been kind of similar matches, no, like, at 110%, but... I think I'll, I'll, I've got a prediction. I think Almas will maybe get the US title. 
next year. Mm. Um, sanity. I, I obviously, I, I know Big Demo. I, I love the guy to bits, but it seems to be the gimmick they've got. Does they work with a big arena? It works better with small arenas like NXT. If you get, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, no, that leads me on. I'll ask you first. Um, see, when it comes to like, we've we've established that Almas has clearly been the most successful, and there's no way about it. He has. He's been getting lots of TV time, and his his promo work as well with Alina has actually been really good. It seems that he's made quite a smooth transition, more than the others. Um, but do you think they could have been booked differently, and if so, how? So, Strack, I'll start with you. I think. You obviously you don't want to book sanity kind of the same as the Wyatt's just come in and attack random people. But at the same time, they need to have a bit of a, a, a pop out about them. There needs to be something that makes them kind of people be worried about them. Because mm-hmm. they're meant to be this like, sanity, they're meant to be fighting against the, like, the, everybody else. But it seems to be they're just kind of there. Mm-hmm. They've not done anything to go, oh shit. So. But maybe that will change obviously next year. Um, that's just uh, I'd like to see them do really well because the NXT obviously war games for them last year was just tremendous. Yes, it's it's sort of seemed like that was that was the best thing for them was having war Aye, games. Um, it just goes to show there's not really a weak link. It's not like oh, Demo's better than Eric or Eric's better than Alexander because they're walking at something different. Like Alexander, you seen him? Mm-hmm. He got to be the crap out of. He kept getting back up. So mm-hmm. they, it's not as if there's a weak link in that team, so they could do a lot with them. From yeah. what I heard um, about Sanity, they were basically seeing what how the reaction is to them on live shows and stuff. They were quite prominent on the Glasgow tour. I think maybe because of the example of using Dane or Demo there, but I think that kind of killed off the momentum for them. But let's just hope that this sort of pushing them, pushing the tag team division, so to speak. Let's hope that that does wonders for them. And if Nikki comes over to SmackDown and joins them, even better. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Gary, I'll ask you, um, how would you, like, would you have booked Sanity differently? And if so, what would you have done with them personally? Yeah. I, the type of characters of, of Sanity, I, I don't think they're the sort of people that say they're going to be here making their debut a week on Tuesday. I th- and I've said this in the show before. I think Sanity just turned up and they caused chaos. They they did neither. Their contributions when they first appeared, they had that little mini feud with the Usos. Since then, they've really been limited to making up the numbers and multi-people matches. Uh, I think they're another example of where WWE seems to struggle when you've got complex characters from NXT that they can't translate that onto the their main shows. And they've done very little since these guys guys came on the show in April. To tell, actually, they've done next to nothing I can think of to help the audience understand that these are three unique characters with different things they bring to the table. Mm. Um, so those are the things I would like to see them do a wee bit different, have some more meaningful impact. Um, if, if they're supposed to bring chaos, bring some chaos to it. But let's help us understand these three unique characters. I completely agree. I don't think Sanity has been as predominant as what you'd expect, especially with the fact that they were one of the main tag teams in NXT. And 
I feel like this is what like me and Strack will always say until we're blue in the face. It's like we don't want people to get called up because they're just going to get lost. Mm, yeah. So, see, out of the out of sanity, I know that Nikki was left in NXT for a good reason to help build the women's division. But would you have actually kept them there, or would you have just had them sort of floating to and from between, just until they sort of caught on? Um, Dave, I'll ask you that. Yeah, I think they sort of missed a trick, uh, not bringing Nikki Cross up to the the main roster when they brought the rest of Sanity up. Because I think whilst leaving in Nikki NXT was good for her, I think with the rest of Sanity going to SmackDown, it was bad for them because everybody saw them as like as a giant four person faction. Whereas only having three of them now, it doesn't feel has the same effect. And I think that's sort of translated over to their booking. So I think Nikki definitely benefited from staying on NXT and being given a solo run. But mm-hmm. I don't see why they, they couldn't just have the rest of Sanity down with NXT as well. Maybe they could have gotten to maybe a, an extended feud with Undisputed Era or maybe one of the other tag teams, perhaps. I think they definitely, whilst they definitely were ready for the main roster... I think having them sort of break break off into their own individual feuds whilst maintaining themselves as a faction, I think that probably would have been the best way going forward. Mm, I think just with the fact that SmackDown Live has got a very predominant uh, tag team division already, like you had the New Day and the Usos that were just taking over absolutely everything. It just, it's. I think SmackDown, you can kind of say, it was the Uso and the New Day show. So, in the time, in terms of tag did the bar teams. not come over at the same time as Sanity were called up, though? Yeah, and Gallows and Anderson got mm-hmm. drafted across as well. Yeah, there you go. You've got two other really big names that have made their like made a quite a good name for themselves on the main roster. So it was already strong as it was, um, and in the middle, you were already in the middle of like that tag team championship feud that was going on. So there wasn't really a place for them to fit mm-hmm. in. But going forward, what would you guys like to see happen? I'll throw that as an open discussion. They could join Insanity because there's obviously different groups. There's different destruction groups and stuff. Having Nikki in there just added something different and something special to it that made her really unique and a lot of people bought into it. So, I mean, look at the pop she got when she peered up. Uh, I know it's... Is SmackDown in the UK. A lot of people know Nikki from her tour around the UK and stuff like that. But that pop really set it off when they appeared and then Nikki came out of the curtain to face Becky. That was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I think now that's the, probably the only time going now that someone that's facing Becky got a cheer because <laughs> Becky's so hot right now. Mm-hmm. See, the best way I think if they're going to pull the trigger and pull it and send Nikki to SmackDown was. See the way they've done it with the kind of Hardys with Lita. If they've got Sanity some form getting near after the tag titles, say a ladder match, Nikki just runs out, pushes a ladder air, calls the guys, and Sanity captures his tag titles. You've got Nikki joining, you've got the guys the push, and you've got the pop done. Mm. It would be an absolute no-brainer to get Nikki over to SmackDown and have have her rejoin Sanity because Again, the four of them, you know, that's what made them unique. Not just like, as, they're not just another tag team. This, These guys are like a proper faction now, both with a mix of male and female talent. And I think that's one of their unique selling points when it comes to getting across with the audience, particularly the main roster audience. Or, well, dare I say they're a bit more casual compared to like the NXT audience. So they're the ones like sort of know the indies a bit better. They watch the indies a lot more. But yeah, bringing... Bringing Nikki over to join Sanity on on SmackDown, I think would it would elevate everybody uh, altogether. 
Yeah, we'll quickly talk about the Iconics as well because we only brushed upon them. Now, I'm like a huge fan of Billy and Peyton. Like, I loved them when they were in NXT together and I do agree there was not really much left for them to do without actually grabbing the title. Now, there, there always is talks and there's been talks since well before Revolution that they were going to introduce a women's tag team division, but I think it's across the two brands, which is something that's perfect for them. But how would you guys book the Iconics going forward? Because they were only really introduced as a beatdown for Charlotte, just and then Carmella cashed in her money in the bank. Now, I think I personally would have actually liked to see the Iconics join up with Carmella for a while, if that was going to be the case. Because it just sort of felt like they were they were just there for a cheap shot. I don't know if you guys agree. I kind of, yeah. kind of went nowhere. I just kind of mm-hmm. done that. There was no repercussion. There was no. There was nothing. It was that. Was that, was that was that done? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So would you have, would you have liked to see them like sort of join up, like Carmella sort of bring them up as a as, instead of like? So we did talk about last week about James Ellsworth returning <laughs> for Carmella. Oh. Would you prefer to see the Iconics? Go with Carmella? Definitely, yeah. Because I think, you know, the Iconics, I think if they just sort of went on their own and they were just there for beatdown, this, you're not really getting much out of them. But again, if you team them up with a Cashin and Carmella who just became the new women's champion, at least it gave them a sense of direction and a sort of new angle when it comes to storytelling because it means you're involved mm-hmm. with a champion. You're involved in more storylines. Uh, I mean, but they're, they're, they're absolutely dynamite on the mics. So I think... They've got that covered, but I think individually, I don't think they stand out as each other. Like if if, if they were like a pairing, so yeah, I, I just don't see them succeeding individually. I think they can only work as a tag team. Yeah, I like the story you painted out there, uh, Sarah. They need um, to me. They need purpose, and I would love to see them have like this this monster heel that they could hide behind, so they could they could run their mouth and then they can do the cowardly retreat and hide behind this this monster. Be careful, because uh, that would be Nia Jax or Tamina, <laughs> so yeah. be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I, I don't want to love them too. Not, eh? those, not like, those two. Nah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be very <laughs> careful. Can we not get Awesome Kong back? <laughs> <laughs> I see, I would love that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think... See, looking forward, like they have been announced, that the, like the two women that are going to get called up is Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think I would actually like to see them go with Lacey for a while. Well, with the Iconics? So. Yeah. But then, I think SmackDown would have too many women in that case. I think Lacey would be better off on Raw. I think Lacey, Lacey needs to go to Raw to freshen the, the heel side of things up on Raw. But yeah, but mm. you're right, Sarah, that would be an interesting trio. It's kind of hard to sort of place Peyton Billy with somebody. Just because they they are like the cowardly heels, like they'll, they'll run the mouse. And we all saw what happened to Evolution when everyone had finally had enough, and they just they couldn't hide behind anybody um, apart from each other, really. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing we're saying about tagging, putting the heels with a, a heel female. Why not? Like, the, the, do you remember the beautiful people in NXT and TNA? Aye. They had mm-hmm. Billy Gunn for a while, and then they swapped her, him out for Madison Rain, and they'd done really well with that. So I'm like, why not? Maybe sign them up with a guy, but no being managers, just being as a group. And then when you, you finally go, they've evolved a bit better. They would click in better. Swap them out. Well, going on that, who from SmackDown would you put them with? There's not many other nutcases on SmackDown, are there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not nutcases. Well, they're a bit mental. Mystical, so, I mean, do you know who the perfect person would be? Dolph Ziggler. Ooh. That's the point. 
Somebody who, or oh. a heel Zack Ryder. Oh, that'd be even so, better. Why am I not working for oh. SmackDown or Raw? <laughs> well, you're you're clearly get, a better writer get, than their current team, so that's something. Big strat. Oh, Dave, Dave, you're, Dave so, you're supposed to be a, an employee. Strat. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why you can't work for WWE because they do responsible things like be a star and um, <laughs> <laughs> and all those other things. No swearing allowed. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I bring back the attitude that people go, "Oh, that's too much." <laughs> <laughs> you bring back the attitude era, but you know, you'd keep the wrestling as it is. Aye, just make it mere lit. Right, who's got a dab we can dig up? <laughs> oh dear god. Exactly okay, why? I'm... Oh, this just went downhill. Oh, oh, how the boss man done it? I could do it. <laughs> oh dear. Right, I think we're going to steer away from SmackDown Live just now. Before Strax, um, yeah, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. We'll move on quickly to 205 Live because that's just like the sort of baby one out of all these. And there was only two call-ups this year. So we had Leo Rush, unfortunately, <laughs> even though he also appears on Raw, but I don't care about that right now. And the current Cruiserweight champion, Buddy Murphy, the best kept secret. So I think we can probably all agree, Buddy Murphy, mm. most Absolutely. successful. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> So, how have you guys seen his run actually since joining Two Hundred Five? Um, Quacker, start with you. Um, his feuds have just been absolutely amazing, and you get a real buy-in into them and stuff like that. Also, another thing that like Two Hundred Five is known as like the kind of like the the high flying type. If you if you like your blink, you'll miss it kind of action. That's mm-hmm. what Two Hundred Five Live is. It's good that you've got somebody like Buddy Murphy who has got that ruthless brawler. I mean, see, every time he had a fight with Mustafa Ali and he would just shove him off the ropes down onto the ground and it just looks like the absolute heel thing to do. I just love that about him. But yeah, he still has all those range of abilities in his moveset. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Buddy Murphy and what he does. I think like the thing that I really liked to start off with was the storyline of him actually trying to catch the two or five bracket. Yeah, yeah. Like I really liked that as a, a sort of introduction. Mm-hmm. It is cool that because especially me as a boxing fan, I do like the whole kind of weighing aspects and stuff like that. Just to like it adds hype to a fight and stuff like that. So to see like oh you're actually and it's now brought in this mandatory weighing that they now do instead of just saying oh you're small you'll do that's it <laughs> like they don't yeah. actually know if they're actually around the all you can obviously tell but there are some wrestlers that you can look at them and go are you actually 205 or not that kind of thing I can you look at them and go there's no mm-hmm. way there's no way or like when you look at them and it says like you look at some some guys you're like ah yeah they can fit into it and then it turns out they're actually not you're like shit in the bed <laughs> it's gonna like that way when when <laughs> I had to, I found my moment. I took it. It's kind of like that way when you're, if you're not six foot and above, you're automatically five foot eleven. It's the He's got a point actually. Not you're not worth WWE changed the weight, changed Drew, Drew get taller by two inches when he joined WWE. Mm. Just out of nowhere, and it, uh, he gained like fifty pounds. You're like, mm. mm-hmm. yeah. In, the way in stories, right, Quacker? Because in the way it calls out that uh, you, you'd look at him, you'd be like, "There's, there's no way that guy is within that weight weight bracket." It'd be like a visitor turned up, and you didn't do this story. 
I knew someone was going to try to get Victor right. The legends, and we've got this whole pod special coming up in the new year, haven't we? About <laughs> Gary, only you can bring up Viscera in 205 lines. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god yes I, I was just talking about the way in quack I was back, back, back <laughs> me up that, that was that was good to that story because he looks compared to some of the other two five live uh, talents he, he looks enormous compared to them and um, I think he's been exceptional in the, the freshening up of 205 live he's played a really big part in that mm-hmm. I've had a I've been so impressed with Buddy Murphy lately like see his match with Cedric Alexander at Super Showdown that was his mm-hmm. uh, crowning moment in my eyes. Like anytime there's a Blake oh, yeah. Murphy match now, and it's almost you, know, you, you have to watch it because he's had great feuds with Cedric and Mustafa Ali, amongst others. And but he's, he's just sort of really sort of grown into the role, hasn't he? Because he was in a kind of nowhere tag team with Wesley Blake in NXT. Like they, they never really sort of stood out. But how dare you? They were tag team champions. Yeah, but they were a bit generic for my liking. But. I think the fact that they've all sort of broken off now, Buddy's cruiserweight champion Alexa's uh, prominent heel figure on Raw, and now Blake's got something new with the Forgotten Sons. That's, uh, I guess they all sort of benefited from it in some way, but I think the crowd response to Buddy Murphy as well has been even better. And I think he's mm-hmm. evident with that, you know, the way he carries himself in the ring and as a champion. I think maybe they could have done the whole way in angle, maybe expanded it a bit more. So they say, oh, look, Buddy Murphy's now number one contender. Oh, wait, time for your way in. Oh, look, you're actually over 205. I'm going to have to take you out of that contendership. It might actually have given people a chance to really get behind him a bit more. Did they do that once for them already? Uh, maybe they teased it slightly, but I don't know if they mm-hmm. went, like, they put him in a prominent spot and then had to take it away from him because he was uh, over 205 up, over 205. Maybe just had a, maybe he could I have mean, just had a big lunch one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, see, well, they kind of did that with Enzo as well, and he was like, just sort of starting to strip himself down so he can try and make it in. And you're like, and then, and then, please don't. Like, and then one no. trip to the bathroom later, he made the uh, the weight limit. Well done. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and continue this on, but no, I, I do agree with what you're saying there, Dave. Because like, see, as soon as Alexa went to SmackDown in the draft during the brand extension. Blake and Murphy, they just sort of completely lost away. It was like, it was Alexa was the one that held everything together. She was like the eyes on that uh, tag team uh, role. Yeah. See, that, that's kind of... And he wasn't doing anything That's kind of that. what I think's happened to Sanity a bit. Without Nikki Cross holding them all together, they kind of just, you know, they haven't really sort of picked up on SmackDown. But that's why the women are the exactly. best. I don't, I don't, I think we can all agree that um, Buddy Murphy's call up came at the exact right time. It's like it, he needed it and it worked for him. Mm-hmm. Especially like a lot of people have, there's been quite a few departures in 205 Live Division. So, mm-hmm. like, has given him that promising role and now he's champion. And like, a lot of people were thinking, oh, was that just because he, like, he it was in, the, in America, Australia that he won it? But obviously, <laughs> The fact that he's beaten Cedric Alexander again and Mustafa Ali, it kind of proves mm-hmm. that no, this is they're actually seeing something in him and keeping him as like the mainstay in two five. Yeah, because he's been that's both the biggest baby faces that you've mm-hmm. got. I don't even know if there is actually another big baby face that's going around on two five live at the moment. Possibly Lucha House Party, but that's that's uh, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. We do, we're not no we're not going to talk about Lucha House Party because they make Please me don't angry. Please talk about Lucha House Party. 
just like this next man, Leo Rush. I'm going to let you guys talk about him. Lashley. Lashley. I'll give you guys like an open discussion because Leo Rush didn't really do much in NXT, so you can have attics. I don't like him. That's, that's the best thing I think we can all agree on was Elias. He mm-hmm. came out and he went, whose kid is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just a, only, he's basically just been the target for, you know, kid jokes and, oh, this guy's too, he's too wee, that kind of thing. He's, uh, he needs to put a shirt on, that's what he needs to do. <laughs> he's got the vest on. Should be, is, no, you can't do that. You just look like a little idiot with that. the guy at the cheese advert, you go, oh, you're so little. <laughs> Aye. I mean, I think I kind of was really looking forward to maybe Elias putting a guitar over his head uh, at TLC, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't even get that, so it's got to ruin my life again. I will give some credit to Leo Rush, though. Like, seeing him do matches on 205 Live, he takes bumps like a boss. I will give him that only credit. It doesn't yeah. hurt when you're small. <laughs> like he literally, he takes a, he takes a like a, what's Cedric's move? Like lumbar check or something? And he mm. literally yeah. he sells it as if like when The Rock sold the stunner. Like, it was fantastic. But the thing I'll say, like with Bobby Lashley's face turn, I mean face turn, heel turn, would that have been taken as seriously without Leo Rush? Because let's be honest, I don't think it would have been as good of heel turn. Without Leo Rush's input into I, that, I don't take Bobby Lashley's uh, heel turn seriously anyway. Okay, <laughs> Leo definitely was a catalyst for it. I think I th- you see, I don't think Lashley could have gone heel on his own because you think when he had the, when he had the sort of had the sort of it looked like it was a double turn with Kevin Owens when they were writing him off with injury. Uh, it just I think without Leo Rush's involvement, it would have just been just too confusing. Yeah. I don't like Leo Rush. You guys can continue talking. No, did he not, wait, did, I don't like him. Did he not get into like a lot of trouble for a tweet he put out when he was in NXT? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it was about. Uh, it was about. Who was it about? Uh, who was it about them leaving? Was, oh, can't imagine. Oh wait, it was, it was Asuka it was, being called but, up. I think was it not? No, it was about someone actually um, departing oh. from the company, and it was to do with a woman. I'm pretty sure it was a female talent, yeah. but I can't remember exactly who it was. Yeah, me neither. But yeah. Was it? Oh wait, no. Was it not um, Emma Tennille Dashwood? Emma. Yes, yes. Oh, I miss Emma. She would have been good on the main roster. Like, like after like when she went back to NXT and then she came back up. I think she could have been um, like much better if they actually gave her a chance. But I miss Emma. Hmm. Anyway, I'm surprised he wasn't like <laughs> released as a result, or at least they're at least suspended for that. I don't think he I, did. He actually appear on NXT TV at all. I think it was like once Maybe or only a handful of times, yeah. At least I'm dating Bouldering. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Right, okay, I think that's probably a good time to probably go to a break because there's not really much to talk about Leo Rush, unfortunately. <laughs> so we are going to take a quick break, everybody, but during the break, we've got the like most shocking 2018 debuts. We'll see you in a bit. Hey guys, this is Brandy Rhodes, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And as your SmackDown Women's Champion, I would like to. They're here! Peyton Royce! Oh, oh! And the Queen Charlotte Flair, not waiting for it, Champion! Yes! Is champion! Here is your winner! Welcome to the Uso 
Turning over the keys to the penitentiary. They are sanity. I challenge you to find a more demented group of individuals. Oh, oh, oh. and it looked like Alexander. Oh, oh the second. What a neck break. There is nothing sane about this. And that's why you don't have a partner tonight. Shut up, Alexa. See, I told you. But you know, you're wrong about tonight. I do have a partner. Ember Moon. What? Oh, yeah. Team Women's Champion. The war goddess has confidence. In Here comes Moon. Here comes Ember Moon. That's called the Eclipse! That wow. is incredible! Cover! What a debut! In peace than it is right now. I'll tell you, Ember Moon makes a living with that. I walk through the Rocky statue and I'll spit right in his face. <laughs> what? I'll tell you, oh. this is incredible. This is the NXT champion. Now, he's Slater again. Good. Yeah, he's Slater. And here's Almas now. Again, the NXT champion going oh, out for Elias. <laughs> right there. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I think we're going to see it. Boom! Oh, the running knees from Almas. Is there anyone back there that's brave enough to step to the champ and have their arm mangled right here in Manchester? Mine. Oh, oh my God. Why is Sanity here? Kelly and Dane. But this one is ready! Nikki Cross, the twisted sister of NXT! I'll play with you, Becky. Let's play! Let's play! So if there's any tag team in the back that are man enough to come out here and take out me and Rhino, come on down, baby! <laughs> Team in the history of NXT, led by that man, the legendary Paul Ellery. Leads here, you're looking at two of the greats in Authors of Pain as they arrive in the main. We go, and look at this, oh, there it is. Stick with me, Cole. Yeah, you get a vision. Awaiting now, entry number 23. It is loud here at the Wells Fargo Center. Yes, it is. Get up, Cena. Oh, from the Undisputed Era at NXT, his name is Adam Cole. And last night at NXT TakeOver was involved in a hellacious Extreme Rules match with Alistair Black, the reason he is taped up tonight. This is Joe Coffey, the Iron King, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. No mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back everybody to this episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I want to give a very big thank you to Mrs. American Nightmare Brandy Rhodes and NXT UK superstar Joe Coffey for being the voices of this week's show. 
Now, we'll dive right into what is deemed the flagship show of WWE. Now, they've had, the mo- they had, they had like the sort of bigger round of call-ups. Like, there was two for 205 Live and there was sort of three, kind of four, for um, SmackDown Live. So, but Raw got four people and that's Drew McIntyre, AOP, Ember Moon, and No Way Jose. Now, I, I'm going to quickly, we'll talk quickly about No Way Jose just because he seems to have been forgotten about and sort of lost in the shuffle. So he's not had the best call. No. Is, he, is, he, no. is, he, is he still employed there? Uh-huh. Jeez. <laughs> That's, that shows how bad it is when Dave doesn't know he's still there. Yeah, I checked in the preparation for today. He, he, there was, he wasn't on Raw between July and November. That's bad. Oh, bloody Man. hell. <laughs> he just comes up to Vince. He's like, hey, uh, do I still work here? And he just goes, no way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I think he'll, oh. Turn around, who the hell... damn. he'll probably turn around and say, who the hell mm-hmm. are you? Hey, hey, look, it's Carlito. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Oof. Oh, my God. Then Dave, oh. stop. <laughs> I mean, well, well, with all fairness, he's kind of like a mashup between Adam Rose and Carlito. He, he kind of is, I think he was sort of the Adam Rose um, substitute, really, because all he does is the Cogga dance. Oh, but he, he has a great that, entrance. That music is. Exactly. Only, you can't say that you didn't want to dance to it. That's the good thing about him. His music entrance is catchy. It's a good way for get like kids involved. It's like see if it's like they're you can see that like, maybe the kids in the crowd they're droning. It's like oh okay, we'll, we'll send out no way Jose, and it starts like that we dance and they're up and they're dancing. He almost You're saying that he's a clown basically. <laughs> he's an entertainer, Strack. <laughs> He's, he's more of a, he's more of a um, Super Bowl halftime show act than someone you'd see actually in a in a ring because it just doesn't because uh, that's all he's there for. That's it. He's a glorified yeah. jobber, uh, but it does make you what and this this makes you worry about his long term prospects in WWE. Mm-hmm, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, because I was actually so excited when No Way Jose got called up. Like I loved him in NXT. I thought he was he was putting out really great matches, and people were buying into his character. But this is what we always talk about is things getting lost between the hardcore NXT fans that watch it every week that are maybe more familiar with what's going on to casual crowds in different cities every night. Whereas you were in full sale doing TV tapings, you're in front of the same crowd most of the time, but now you're going to shows around the country and you're in different crowds who react differently every single night. And I think that's probably one of the things that's maybe not helped in his favour. You guys agree? I, I, th- I think see what you and me say, say the same thing. We don't want anybody to be called up because we're lit on. No, well, like, they stay in NXT it's forever. Like, it's like Billy, Billy Madison. I can't wait to go to high school. Don't say that. Don't ever say that. <laughs> like, I can't wait to go to Raw. Don't say that. Don't ever say that. I know, it, it's like everyone's main goal is supposed to be Raw. And the main roster, but now most it's like, no, it's, I just want to stay in NXT forever and ever and ever. Yeah, it's basically it's like making the jump from uh, from high school to university. High school where there's a, a distinct group of people who all know who you are to university where you're basically just another face in the crowd. Yeah, you're just. I'm gonna say frying pan and fire, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's fire. It's Strack. Of course, it's fire. <laughs> Kwaku, what do you think about No Way Jose's unfortunate mm. uh, transition? It's good to dance to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you could you have booked him differently? Oh, yeah. What like, would you I have mean, done like, with at them? least um, made a gif and put him at the bottom right of the screen or something. Like, just put him so... <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, this is the thing where it seems where creatives don't know what they're doing with 
creatively minded people because you've got someone mm-hmm. that's okay like there are probably a lot of people that do dance when they when they're wrestling or whatever and but you can get that there's just a lack of understanding of what to do with certain character types and this is one example right here yeah that's so true and to think as i said a moment ago he wasn't on the show between july and november he was only called up 10 weeks before july and then within such a short period of time they've completely ran out of ideas for him Mm. why why call Mm -hmm. him up in the first place yeah I mean, that's going to perhaps be a theme when we come on to talk about some of the others <laughs> later on. But surely, to goodness, you, th- you think through what we're going to do with these folk more than just the week or the day that they were called up for. Yeah, it kind of feels like he was kind of maybe called up for just like the Postmania yeah. pop. And, yeah. he did, and he did get a nice pop, mm-hmm. to be fair to him. Oh, he did. Because <laughs> uh, the Postmania crowd's always like all the diehards in one place, so they'll, they'll know who he is, but nobody else mm-hmm. really does know who he is. But it's important you keep that momentum up. If you're going to call somebody up, you don't call them up and then just go, ah, no, we've decided you're not going to be good anymore. Like, what's the point? And that's that's why we always talk about selfishly keeping people on NXT. Yeah, well, you can kind of say the same when they gave Mustache Mountain the NXT titles when they were at the Royal Albert Hall. They did it for the pop and then they lost it literally at the next recording. (laughs) It was a few days later. They lost it before it was even screened that they won it. Yeah. Exactly. I want to say, Kayfabe World, it was even shorter than Kwaku's ESSR Championship <laughs> reign. Oh. David, you can... No, I'm not even going to say it. Yeah. Carry on. So, we'll, we'll finish up about No Way Jose, but do you prefer if he had maybe stayed in NXT? Was there really anything for him to do? Or do you think they should just cut his, they should just cut his losses and ask for his release? Ask release. 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 Oh, I think I don't think he's a complete loss cause he he can have a part, but his part shouldn't be just be jobbing out to every everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I don't think it's more. It's not to do with him because he he was clearly able to pull it off in NXT. Mm-hmm. It's just been that transition. But in my opinion, I do think he should just cut his loss. He can maybe try and move to SmackDown and see if it's like a change of scenery because it was always known as the land of opportunity. Um, like was I'm going to emphasise it was the land of opportunity, although it still is with Mustafa Ali now. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it was with Jinder Mahal last year as well. Yeah, I think that's the only reason that Jinder managed to become champion. But we'll move on. We'll talk about AOP now, and they were another team that were called up post Mania, but they were called up with their former manager Paul Ellering. Mm. Uh, it's another team that got a huge pop mm-hmm. when they were introduced. Kwaku, what, do you think they actually should have kept Paul Ellering? Just oh well, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't like Drake. I don't like Drake Maverick. But um, from what I've heard, the reason for it was Paul did the what the tourist schedule of Raw. Hence, why was that whole thing of no, you stay back, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, ideally, it would have been amazing if he stayed. I don't know the confirmed confirmed reason, but that was just something I saw online. But if that was the case, then it's kind of hard not to, like, you, you kind of can't force the guy, if you get what I mean. Yeah. I mean, Vince will try, um, but you can't force him. <laughs> He'll try, you know, offer as much money in the world as many luxuries in the world, but sometimes, you know, it's all about integrity. Yeah. Well. It's like, I'm not going to do it. I said I wasn't going to do it. See, for a while, we did actually see AOP. They sort of got lost in the shuffle after they sort of went their separate ways from Ellering. And they recently made their mark again. They did become Raw Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. But again, what's Drake Maverick got to do with this? 
Oh, Drake Maverick makes a little sense for them being there. When they called, when they got called up, if Elling was going to be part of the act, I would have almost preferred the two of them to have debuted without Ellering and for him never to have been mentioned mm-hmm. there. But you're absolutely right, Sarah. They, they, they debuted, they got that great pop and then did very little. They were not in the show for a long time. They had little run-ins with the Ascension and Titus. Reappeared, had a, a run-in with Roman, wasn't it, a few weeks before? And then um, they got granted this tag match against, was supposed to be against the Shield and won the titles, but they didn't win the titles in the right way, and the run with the title was was forgettable. It was painfully yeah. well, and I, mean, I think they've been hurt with the association with Maverick. I mean, Drake Maverick, Peony's yeah. pants, and <laughs> and all that. It's just, it's, they, that these are supposed. These guys are big, strong, uh, scary dudes. They they should have been booked as killers. Mm-hmm. And having mm-hmm. them associate with, with Mavericks just not worked, in my view. Yeah, I mean, I think, see, when they were brought back to challenge for the um, putting South Rollins in that lovely handicap match, um, it was Baron Corbin that said, it's, these guys are the, the new number one contenders, you're going to defend it against them. I actually think he would have been a better fit as a sort of manager, because mm. he, he is supposed to be like that big badass, even if he did shave his hair and become, you know, super and prick. Um, I don't know if he might have would have been better. Uh, Strack, what's your opinion? I had so much high hopes for AOP because I loved them in NXT. And I thought, if they're going to go to the main roster, there's your new Destroyer team. And then I went, oh, wait a minute. Remember what happened to Ascension? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, no. And they disappeared for a while. And I thought, maybe they're just getting them used to the bigger crowds. Getting them a wee bit more. They're no green, but... They are in the way doing big shows, so I thought maybe they're getting them used to that. And then they, tar- they put in that rock star spud, I'm not calling him Drake Maverick, that's just the worst name ever. It's like, a rock, it's star, like a rock star spud is. <laughs> it's, it's like a failed attempt at top Aye, it's, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not calling him Drake Maverick, I used to like calling him fucking rock star spud, but I just put him with him and I thought, <laughs> what though, we seen on the general manager's 205 like 10 minutes ago. So what, mm-hmm. what, he's, uh, I'll take two jobs. I'll call on the social. But, but, <laughs> and like, what is the point in the whole peeing thing? And I was like, that's, that's your team, team. That's your team, deed. That's it. My name's done. It's, yeah, it's, it's over. It just made them look like big idiots. Uh, oh, don't get me wrong. The two that dropped the title stay is not my best choice. I love Bobby Roode. And they put him with Chad Gable. And I'm like, ah, no. Uh, you already killed Shelton Benjamin. I've... Why are you going to this to Roode? I think I'm the only one that likes yeah. that team. No, I, I think, think yeah, that is the case, yeah. Dave, what's your opinion? Uh, I think AOP, while they did have a good sort of starting point, you know, I think obviously they lose Paul Ellering for, you know, whether it's down to his personal preference to not go on the hectic schedule. I mean, fair enough. Uh, you know, it sort of maybe gave AOP a fresh start. You know, going through the sort of local talent and stuff just to sort of get the ball rolling on the big shows. I, I don't see how, how any other way they could have started off because I knew they were going to be Raw Tag Team Champions at some point. I think it was just in the way, they've, the manner in which they won it and lost it is sort of what's damaged them a bit. And I don't think having Rockstar Spud with them's helping them either because, you know, it's like... Um, have you ever seen that joke that goes around? It was like when Roderick Strong teamed up with them for the first War Games match. Uh, it was like... Yeah. Uh, when mom tells you to bring your little brother along, that's kind of what that's, uh, that meme's like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, Spuds has made them look like a bit of a laughing stock, really, you know, with everything that's going on with him. So, and the fact that they lose in a handicap match where neither of them are pinned, mm-hmm. it just damages their credibility a bit. Because, you know, as Strack said, they're meant to be a, a monster destroyer tag team. Like, they should have been running circles around the tag team division for months, maybe even the full year. But no, just WWE just has no long-term booking sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it helps. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen either of them cut a promo. No, I don't think... Like, that's, that's what I love I don't think they, they ever cut promos in NXT either. No, they never. They're better they, to be they, just they silent... Dis- I thought they were mute. Be- I actually thought they were mute for a while. Yeah, they're better being silent destroyers, I think. They're not ones to cut promos. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's an argument to be made that this was the right time to call AOP up. But if they were being called up without Ellering, then that fundamentally changes the proposition. So why not ditch Ellering on NXT mm-hmm. and and get them used to doing it, either of just the two of them, or testing out with, uh, with Maverick there, and then bring the act, complete act... To the main roster, so we bit almost similar to Sanity when well, actually what they brought to the main roster was not what had been getting tested out uh, in NXT. Mm-hmm. True that. The, see, my yeah. main gripe with the Drake Maverick situation is he comes on Raw and he's heel, 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 heel. To one day later or two days later, sorry, I should say now, you watch Two Hundred Five Live mm-hmm. and he's kind of a face general manager. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of hard to follow. Like, I, I, do I like you? Do I not? Like, what am I meant to do? Yeah. And, and then, he, and then he, ne- he reminds you of what you think when he starts peeing on somebody's uh, dressing gown. <laughs> right. So I think we can all agree AOP, they could have had so much potential that I think the way that they've been booked right now, they just look like mm. jokes. Yes. Yeah. Nah, they need to get rid of Maverick because. Let's face it, when they, they walk a room with Maverick, the size difference, you're like, it's almost like they're, they're carrying him about like a human fleshlight. <laughs> what oh my god. the hell? Oh my god. Oh no. I'm not even going to ask you to elaborate that for the, for no. the listeners. Strap no. Okay, no. You sure? Like, I'm not going to open that box. No, I'm not. I'm going to be good. We'll move on. Please. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on to the sort of the two that have had the better end of the deal since getting called up. So we'll start with Ember Moon. Um, now she got called up again post Mania as Nia Jax's when she was somehow a random babyface. She's worse than the big show. Um, getting called up to be Ember Moon's tag team partner against Alexa Bliss and Nikki James. Now I think we can all agree it was the right time for Ember. There was nothing else that she could have done in mm-hmm. NXT. Yeah, it's usually when you lose sort of an NXT championship, that's when you get the big call-up because you're sort of passing the torch from one big mm-hmm. name to another big name. And uh, Well, they couldn't, exa- they couldn't exactly do what they did last time when Paige was a dual champion and then she got forced to vacate the title yeah. on NXT. Gary, what do you think about Ember Moon's call-up so far? Yeah, I think there's almost a bit of an argument that Ember Moon could have stayed on NXT for a bit longer because our title run... Uh, NXT Women's Champion was not was not the greatest. It was a bit of a, um, it didn't hit the heights of some of the other ones. Uh, yeah, I think on the main roster she's done well, but she has been a wee bit overshadowed. Her uh, de- debut on Raw coincided with you know the arrival of Ronda, and really the spotlight of the Raw's Women's Division has been squarely on Ronda. 
She's had some good victories along the way, but she has been kept away from the title picture. I'm, I'm sure that's been done on purpose. I wonder if she might have been better placed on SmackDown. If I was booking Ember Moon slightly different, I wonder if she might have worked a wee bit better over there. I mean, SmackDown is kind of overrun with baby faces, actually. Mm-hmm. So, because you've got like the likes of Asuka, you've got Naomi. Um, at the time, you did have Becky Lynch as the baby face as well, and kind of Charlotte mm-hmm. as well. So that's like that's four or five baby faces and not very many heels. So unless it came like a sort of double, t- like, like even just sort of causing a turn, you never know. Like I, I personally picked Ember Moon to actually win the Battle Royal at so Evolution. Duh. As did I, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I, I think it would have made much more sense had Ronda not been champion. I mean, they could have done it in a way that it wouldn't have hurt Ember, but I don't think like like you say, Gary. It came around about the time that Ronda Rousey was debuting properly and it's like it's going to probably I feel this is going to turn into another what they've done with Asuka and she's going to have this big massive undefeated streak and it's going to take somebody big to take it away from her and I don't think anybody on Raw can do that right now with Ronda so it's all about a case of what are they going to do with Ember? Best of the rest. Do you know how I picked for the Women's Battle Royal Evolution? I had Bailey. Nikki, I had Nikki Cross <laughs> as my pick. She wasn't even in the Battle Royal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, oh, I remember you did that. And I was like, Gary, you did a Ross. Ross did the exact same. Trying to be same. too clever. Too clever. It, yeah, uh, I think we've all been guilty of making that mistake, picking somebody that we thought was going to be a surprise entrant, but turns out they're not in it. Well, we've all learned from that mistake now, haven't yeah. we? Hopefully. Strack, what do you think um, about Ember Moon's run so far? See, I think with Ember Moon, they're kind of doing the same as like, Almas. They're keeping the pot boiling. It's, they're no, she's not having any, she's no jobbing anybody, but she's not having any massive wins. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just mm-hmm. keep her bubbling about in the background. Because Almas, he's been the same. He was, he's not had any major big wins, but he's had just decent, really good matches. So it's not always about, because people come up for NXT and they give them a with Finn Balor. They brought him straight up and gave him everything. And uh, look at him. He's, he's, he's doing all right, I, but he's not as I, big as he should be. From what I've heard, he's actually in line to get like that push that he was meant to get in, in the that start. That's what? Two um, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think that's his fault. No, 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 no. I don't um, understand that. Like, his, intri- but, his injury unfortunately halted that. But so. I think, remember, I think they'll, they'll maybe... Because they need to start, but this is the thing. It's really weird with WWE. It's like they're scared to build new superstars. It's mm-hmm. like they're scared to build another Orton. They're scared to build another Triple H. They're scared to build... And I think it's because they're scared to build somebody that high just in case they bail it. Mm. Yeah, or like what happened with Finn, they had to, he got injured during the match and to get forced to relinquish the next game night and have to think on the fly. No, it's, it's, I mean, like... Remember, I don't know if you remember when WCW was going, they would see how big the guys were getting in WWE and offer them ridiculous pie slips to go where they done it. And WWE's like, ah, we're mm-hmm. building all these guys up and they're jumping off the boat. Whereas the new, there's not really anybody that can do that apart from like Japan or maybe ROH. But it's like, yeah. you need to stop going to the same guys all the time. I think that's how they're maybe doing this change because it's to say Ronda's now having this undefeated streak. We're going to have to take somebody massive to beat her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look how, look how bad it was when we done that with Charlotte and Asuka. You thought, there's only, mm-hmm. there's, the, both of them are going to keep it bad at us. What, well, one is. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. Like, see, I was rereading the NXT Futures Now book not too long ago, and it was talking about like Triple H was wanting to do like that whole, where's the superstars in the future coming from? 
like all these guys like Orton etc they're not going to be around forever like I'm pretty sure I've read that John Cena has actually now taken a bigger step back from wrestling now um, because he wants people to actually grow into that spot that he once had aye because that's what I mean so it, how many times does WWE go to the well and go oh we'll dig out Jeff Hardy we'll dig out Randy Orton we'll dig out all the old guys see, now, they're, now they're just sort of signing up all the indie darlings now they're, so. they're bringing the indie darlings and no making them into the new guys you're like you need to mm-hmm. I know we're going off topic here but I'm bored of seeing Orton I'm bored of seeing Cena I'm bored of seeing the same people air and air again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's like Ember Moon the Iconics Almas Nakamura you need to start bringing them up yeah, yeah. Dave what's the new group? yeah definitely um I get Ember Moon sort of in the same position as Almas, I think, because, you know, she's not got the big push, but she's not essentially being fed as enhancement talent. She, I think she's, again, she's a slow burner. She will get her big win eventually, but I think for the moment, she's a place filler, but I think she's probably the mo- one of the most talented people on the, the Raw roster, but I don't mm-hmm. see her winning a championship until sort of maybe mid to late, 2019 once the whole Ronda hype's kind of calmed down a bit yeah I think once that hype calms down I mean the only way I could see Ronda actually losing a belt is if it's like a heel turn double team and someone distracts her and literally they sneak it out from underneath her yeah, I think Be- Becky and Charlotte um, fans would consider that- what she did at TLC a bit of a, a bit of a heel turn would you not think what a bitch. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't have called that a heel turn like I will I will say to the end of that I was like I wouldn't say that's a heel turn that was Basically, she's always known as the baddest bitch on the planet, and she did say that people were going to get what was coming to them. Charlotte basically near enough attacked her and killed her at uh, Survivor Series, and <laughs> Becky, and Becky, yeah, and Becky's been like tearing her apart online. So it, it, I think it's more like you can sort of justify it in the same way that Becky turned on Charlotte. It's I've had enough. It's of It's good you. storytelling, is what so, it is. But yeah, back to Ember Moon before we talk about Ronda Rousey, because she's te- even though technically she debuted this year, she was not an NXT call-up. Uh, Kwaku, how about you? Because I know you do actually. No, like I do Ember like Moon. Ember Moon, but it's, it's like Strax said, they're kind of keeping her separate along. If it wasn't for well, okay, I don't want to seem like oh, I'm, I know what's going to definitely happen, but if it wasn't for the whole Becky needs to meet uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania with possibly. Uh, Charlotte thrown in. I could have seen Ember as the winner of the Royal Rumble next, uh, in January. Mm-hmm. I could have seen that happen. But <coughs> such as, let's just see what happens, really. Uh, I'm just, I'm kind of hoping that she doesn't get thrown into a random tag team if they do start this women's tag team mm. division. But that's, I'm, I'm really hoping that she doesn't get lost and just chucked into that, like what they've done with Becky, uh, not Becky, uh, Bailey and Sasha. Because they've they've got nothing to do with those two, and they were like the hottest talent when they were called mm-hmm. up. And now you you see them just in a lot of random tag team matches or multi women matches. So, and I think we can all agree like that gauntlet match that happened raw, on Raw recently. Ember actually did do really mm-hmm. well on it. So I think it's it's like Strack said. I I think they are scared to build up that new talent. And again, agreeing. With like Dave and Gary saying that um, it's that 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 time with Ronda Rousey, so you've got like that big name that's coming from the mainstream mm-hmm. market. Where the hell are you going to put these other women that have been in developmental for so long? Under the Ronda so bus. It's, it's... <laughs> yes, under the Ronda I bus. I didn't watch the Ronda match at TLC. By the way, I just fast forwarded it. 
It was actually not too bad. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give her Yeah, a no, it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on to who is probably, arguably, not even arguably, the most successful call-up that they've had in recent Baron times. Corbin. And <laughs> <laughs> Did he get called up? He was here? almost general um, manager. Quacker, you take... You, he was almost... years out of date, Quacker. But... This is like the one person that they probably have actually started grooming to be the next top guy. But they were doing it years ago when he was already on Raw. And that is Drew McIntyre, or known to us as Drew Galloway. Uh, so I'll throw this open to all of you. Um, like, because we know that he's had the biggest success. Uh, so how would you see his past time since getting called up, coming back from injury actually, and just jumping straight from NXT, even not even going back after that championship? to come straight to Raw. I, I was really worried when he got called up, really worried when he got put with Dolph. And yeah. I thought, oh no. Uh, the exactly. Dolph I thought, this, is, this has got disaster written all over it. And boy, how wrong was I and how pleased am I to be wrong about that one. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree that Drew's match with Finn at TLC, now I was buzzing, I was just like, holy crap, it's the, you know, Fergal Devitt and... Like Drew Galloway or on a on a WWE pay per view. How cool as I said on last week's show, it was revenge from Fear and Love in Nine when <laughs> Fergal Dever from Balor used Jack Jester's sex toy to attack Drew and lose a match. It was shocking. Costing uh, mm-hmm. up that match at the Hydro, but he didn't. He didn't even get that revenge mm-hmm. either. So, Strack, how would you see? Because again, we are like the biggest advocates of do not get called up from NXT. How do you see Drew's call up? Going so far. See, I, I kind of I knew Drew when they go back for the title once he left NXT. Yeah, he's kind of too. It was kind of too big for NXT when he first started. Anyway, I, I wouldn't say that. I've I've said it was a good fit coming for TNA at NXT, but Vince always had a plan for him, and knew mm-hmm. that he. Because I've always said this for ages. It's always look at EC3. It's always when you go away, get your craft a bit better figure out your gimmick and kind of polish yourself off they kind of go mm-hmm. all right well there's there's the product i was looking for originally it's now finally yeah. came to the surface so let's see what we can work with and now drew is he's a lot bigger than what he was oh yeah size wise when he was first mm-hmm. there <laughs> he looks older doesn't look like a teenage boy with a ghost butt <laughs> <laughs> and th- obviously he's got a nastier streak now so he's kind of Obviously, they're showing it a lot more. So, I, mm-hmm. I think probably before Mania or at Mania, they're going to put their Cornell title back on him. Probably. I mean, I can see him going to toe with Brock Lesnar and literally putting him through his paces. Like, Drew can wrestle Brock Lesnar. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I think, in terms of like, if you're going to keep it, like, cause I, I, do, I do like a heel champion. Like, as much as I do like a babyface champion from time to time, I do like a heel champion. I don't know what it is about it. But I do like a heel champion, and I think Drew would be a good fit to even take the title off of Lesnar. Drew would be better see if Drew won the Intercontinental Challenge, Brez Lesnar, for the Universal with the Intercontinental. Basically, a Warrior Hogan type situation. <laughs> yeah. There you go, that should, that should win the end. So much for, I was going to say that, I was going to ask if, it, if anyone would have booked Drew differently. I'm not sure how you could have booked him differently, because mm-hmm. I mean, again, you thought of. Oh, He's preparing him with Dolph Ziggler. That's that's not going to end well. It turns out it did. Yeah. Like you know, they yeah. had a run as Raw Tag Team Champions. They got yeah. 
they got uh, aligned themselves temporarily with, with Braun Strowman, i.e. they're basically at the top of the pile with the Shield, and they had that amazing feud going into Super Showdown. I mean, but then sort of when Drew sort of broke out on his own again, that he was just screaming like top guy with the way he carried himself, he was charismatic, and he, he legitimately looks like someone like you would not even want to even just stand in front of because he will literally just stare at you and you get out of the way. He'll squash you, yeah. And, you know, Strat brought it up uh, quite nicely, you know, because when he, in his initial run, he was just like, he was Vince McMahon's chosen one and he mm-hmm. was in a much sort of younger, well, obviously he was younger back then, but he, he looked just like a somebody just been picked out of a, a high school gym almost. And, Try and say that to his face. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the transformation he's gone through was has been outstanding and the fact that he's now the scottish terminator rather than the chosen one it makes him sound so much more like a badass he is a psychopath not not hostile vista i'll be back (laughs) 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 he has the total he has the total package isn't he he's good in the mic he's good in the ring he has a good look he looks incredible and he has an amazing work ethic he has everything you want, and that work ethic has got to be something that's, that's made in description the description like your Tinder profile, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> One thing oh, I will sorry, be- not your, not, I hope oh, your wife's not listening. <laughs> one thing I will say is though it's like, turn it off, won't, turn it off, won't turn be off. Now. one thing I will say though is what's happened to his accent? It's uh, become move this- on. <laughs> well, Drew had been living in America for quite a long time before even coming back. It's clearly so settling in now. Touring around with the UK. We've, 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 I think we've already discussed this mm-hmm. at some point this year. Was it Strack? Was it you uh, who mentioned it? TV, so oh. it was like, yeah. Like, I was on Strack. one of our NXT shows, yeah. He does. He's like, oh, I, I'm going to wrestle you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, like the variation of uh, Fat Bastard on um, it's like that. That even though it was a, like a, it was supposed to be a proper Scottish accent, it just sounded fake. Oh, okay. so steer it back on. <laughs> I know. I'm just been like, uh, control of everything. So what I would say, like, it wasn't. It's not his booking. I would change, and this is uh, it's more Braun Strowman's booking. I would have changed because what happened in Crown Jewel was just really ridiculous, and the fact that. They were obviously going to be pushing a feud between Braun and Drew, putting the belt on Lester just to make the belts eh, virtually non-existent again, kind of put a different meaning on that feud, and it didn't have as much prestige as it should have had. That would have been the logical step, and giving the belt to Lester in such a fashion, not only did the it, it kind of crapped on the whole title, but it, uh, not only on Strowman, but it crapped on Drew, it crapped on Ziggler, it crapped on a lot of people, so it just wasn't cool. Yeah. I think thinking um, about putting the title on a milk carton. But then again, that, that title change did take place at Crown Jewel, which, if you look back on it, you, you just think it was just a massive piss take of a pay-per-view. Oh, what bit of it do you think was uh, good? <laughs> uh, none of it was good. There you go. I don't know what you say. Let's media people went Saudi. Let's not talk about. Let's not talk about crowd jewel. It's like fight club. Just don't oh, talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, even oh. Strachan. <laughs> oh, thanks for using my whole name. Right. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, now 
I'm going to steer this away. So I think we can all agree. So I think in terms of awards, because we've been doing awards this whole month. So SmackDown, most success, Andrade Cien yep. Thomas. Yep. Aye. Yep. 205 Live, yep. Murphy. Yep. And mm -hmm. for Raw, we've definitely, I think, without a shadow yep. of a doubt, it's yep. majority. Hands down. Hands down, yep. So what we're going to do now is we're yep. there's been a few people that have come from NXT that have made main roster appearances and then went back to NXT. So I have a list in front of me. So we'll start off with Baby. <laughs> uh, he appeared in the Royal Rumble. So Baby. I'll get a wee bit from it, each and every one of what you thought about his impact in the Royal Rumble. And do you think he was the good pick? So Strack, I'll start with you. I thought it was a good move. It's kind of... I know, I kind of seen through it though, I kind of realised when, oh they've done that to kind of get people to know, oh who's this guy, he's on NXT, oh we'll start watching it. But at the same time, the crowd pop was brilliant, mm. absolutely, mm -hmm. it was almost as good as when AJ came out, when he first came in the Rumble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, well, good, some people who go to WWE events, they know who people are in the indies before, they go, oh look, this guy was always in WWE, no he wasn't. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. He became good and they bought him. But no, I, th I think Cole was, the, was brilliant being in the Rumble. I was actually quite happy. I was like, yeah, somebody who actually can wrestle and get a bit of charisma. Yeah. Uh, I think they played it cleverly because the Rumble happened in Philly. And Philly is one of those cities that like know their wrestling and so on and so forth. So they know Adam Cole. They know his running uh, Ring of Honor and all that kind of stuff. So it was the right place to pull the trigger to get that pop. And my work, I would actually say uh, he got the pop in a night. It's debatable between him and Hurricane, maybe. <laughs> but that's because that's Hurricane. <laughs> but you know, with Adam Cole, it was like pop, like, yes, he's here kind of thing. Yeah, you, you hear shock because that's mm -hmm. the one you're like, oh, it, like it's crap. instant. <laughs> it's just instant. So. Mm -hmm. And plus, he, he got his Adam Cole mm -hmm. baby even like without even actually having to do mm -hmm. it. <laughs> like he only managed to do it like the one hand because like, he was taped up from obviously that brutal Extreme Rules <laughs> match with Alistair Black the night before. Gary, what do you think about Adam Cole's appearance in the Royal Rumble? Oh, loved it, loved it. Didn't see mm -hmm. it coming, particularly after the brutality of the match the night before. Um, he was in the rumble for just shy of six. Uh, oh, you can't take my job, Gary. Six minutes, fifty-two seconds. Is a well, stat for you, Dave. Sorry, does he have a job on that? <laughs> anyway, Gary, sorry. <laughs> just under seven minutes and uh, made an impact. I thought looked great and was like a, a way of introducing him to the wider audience. I wondered at the time if that was planting the seed for a, a call up. Mm -hmm. Uh, post WrestleMania, thankfully mm -hmm. that didn't happen because I think they've got more that they can do in NXT. A proper shock to the system seeing uh, seeing him come out. You know, given that he how much he went through the night before. But to be honest, there wasn't really a better place for him to sort of make his first mark on the main roster because you're in front of a hot mm -hmm. crowd in Philadelphia. It was the middle of the Royal Rumble where surprise entrants are supposed to happen. And I think he also mm -hmm. came out as a really good representative for NXT alongside uh, Almas at the same mm -hmm. time. Yes. But yeah, that's all I can really I say, say that's what I w Yeah, that's what I wanted to say as well. Um, because before Andrade Cien Almas got called up to the main roster, he actually made an appearance as NXT champion in the Royal Rumble in Aquaku. Mm -hmm. 
you know I'm going to throw this mm. to you first. What did you think about Almas' small appearance in the Rumble before his initial call? Um, it, it was, obviously it wasn't as big as it was with Adam Cole, but still the reaction mm-hmm. was just amazing. And it did plant that seed of maybe when this guy eventually does get the big call up, this will be the guy to watch and this is the guy that's going to not just like come up and be mid-carder and actually yeah. like when you look at a lot of rumours like the rumour mills go off the chain now for Royal Rumble like oh this guy's going to win it like I've probably seen somewhere that our truth is going to win it hence why he's my sweepstake pick but anyway <laughs> uh, uh, there are a lot of places that are saying that <laughs> There is the idea that they may see Almas actually winning the Royal Rumble, so there's a wee top tip there mm. for you folks uh, of the gambling yeah. kind. because I, I can't remember the last time uh, an NXT champion was actually called up. Like they made either an appearance or called up as champion. Mm. I know Paige was definitely one of them when she got called up after Mania. Kevin, yep. Mm-hmm. Was Kevin was was he actually? He was, yeah. I can't remember. Kevin, Kevin Owens was oh, yeah, when he, he first appeared. Yeah. And then he was just like, oh, by the way, I'm on my own. Now I want John Cena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did oh, sorry, no, um, correction. Now I want Alan Jones. Oh, way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Dave, stop it! <laughs> stop the Alan Jones thing. It's, it's old. Now, speaking of the Royal Rumble, we have in the women's side. Now, we did have the appearance of the winner of the first ever May Historic. Dave. <laughs> oh, come on. It's the last show here. of the year. We might as well get everything out. <laughs> yes, well, we have the winner of the first ever May Young Classic, Kyrie Sane. Now, see, when she actually came out, she was the actual replacement for Alicia Fox. So she only got told that day. Um, which I think was it, like you can see the passion in her eyes if you watch the the collection back on the network. Um, but in my opinion, you couldn't have the first ever historic all women's Royal Rumble without the first ever winner of the Mayan Classic. But that's not the only place that she made an appearance for the main roster, and that was also at Evolution when she took on Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. So, Gary, I'll start with you. So the two. Appearances that Kyrie Sane has had. What have you thought about her impact? Well, uh, certainly, with the latter one, I think she's made a much greater impact than the, the Rumble. Of all people, um, of all people. five <laughs> minutes of the Rumble eliminated. You by sound Dana like Brooke. Ross. Don't be nasty. That, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, no, nothing against Dana, but if you look at the list of people that are in the Rumble, there are much more accomplished stars mm-hmm. that didn't get any eliminations under their belt in that match but Dana Dana did I did I thought she was brilliant in it the was it Lita she done a run in the elbow and smashed her <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I see that went, oh there's a seat attached to that one I also remember me and you being very very upset at Evolution as well because she she didn't hold on to the title absolutely that would have won me that would have won me the sweep that would have actually won me it it came down to that match, and I'm I'm absolutely stuck you, man. Uh, I just I, I kind of thought I thought they're maybe going to get back to Shayna because I think they maybe need, she needs that a bit more. But Kyrie, she goes to the main roster. She she could be really entertaining. Um, I don't know as you say why Dana Brooke get the elimination here because do you want know noise about Dana Brooke? She, <laughs> Let's she hear it. <laughs> and she, what's she flexing? Her muscles. She has none. She's a bodybuilder. She's got some muscles, yeah. She used to be a bodybuilder. She's a former bodybuilder who was in the women's physique 
So the the, the body she had then to she's got now is night and day. No, I just I can't stand her when she flexes. This does my head in. Right, well, we'll tune into the red button there. <laughs> uh, track. Go help her leather on Dana Brooke. Cat, or just, or just actually, we'll let, we'll let Strack just put a couple of videos mm-hmm. out. We'll, we'll, no, I'm sure yeah, she's we'll a, just, sure we'll she's a lassie, and I know her outside, <laughs> I don't know, I don't like her anymore, but I know who she is outside wrestling. She used to go away a bodybuilder who had passed away, her fiance. I know, I, mm-hmm. know that I followed that guy, and it, I, I really liked him. So I'm not saying she's a bad person, just. The way they book her and the kind of stuff they make her day, I'm like, like the whole tight as well, right? But just, I'm like, really, hen, just either ask for your release or go somewhere and these and get better. Um, but, yeah. no, Kyrie's saying she could be really good, but it's kind of the same. It's like, well, they do the same way Asuka. Well, they, they have Kyrie say, come in, do really well, and then just cut the legs from under her. Yeah. That's the only I'm worried about. Quacky? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I think at that point I might have been. A bit flat out after all the jumping up and down at the rumble and stuff like that. But at Evolution, I loved the match with Shayna Baszler. I didn't like the ending personally, but the whole story behind it with the four horsewomen or the two horsewomen, I don't know. I mean, it seems like anytime you say four horsewomen and there's three of them, it's like someone can't count. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because because uh, Ronda sort of uh, jumped the whole NXT. Like, there's there's only been a few people that's ever jumped straight to the main mm. roster instead of going through NXT. You've had Gallows and Anderson and AJ mm. Styles. They've completely surpassed mm-hmm. it. Um, sorry. Uh, but it's just, it was just um, I just I just like the whole storytelling. So I liked how Io uh, Shirai and um, Dakota Kai came out and kind of helped her. I liked that kind of build up mm-hmm. to it and stuff. So it was. A great, great match, and as Shrek really likes, I like her wrestling abilities and stuff like that. Um, Jury's out still for the main roster. I guess it depends on how she's booked. Mm-hmm. My sceptical thing says I've not got much confidence because of the way WWE have been booking people in 2018. But mind you, uh, this year has been the year of women, and I don't think it's because mm-hmm. of WWE. I think it's because of the women themselves so let's see yes, let's see what course. happens uh, Dave I will ask you because it does tie in um, like we've just talked about Kyrie saying being an evolution but she was against Shayna Baszler and she's also another woman that's in NXT right now that has made an impact on just one main roster show so I'll what what did you actually think about like their match in general so Kyrie versus Shayna I think it's actually been Quite a good feud, considering that it goes all the way back to the first May Young Classic. I think mm-hmm. it was like yeah, a year in the making. So the feud was there. I think the matches themselves, whilst I think they were good, I don't think they were particularly memorable. If that makes, if that's a fair statement to make, mm-hmm. but I think it sort of helps mm-hmm. build Shayna up as well because you know she's not like you know the like I've said this before on previous shows. It's the um, she's not the traditional wrestler. As it were, she's a trained MMA fighter. She's fought in UFC. And she sort of brings that style over to to WWE a lot more. But I think, you know, having her as the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion, it gives her a bit of foundation, but it's also a culmination of how well she's improved since she first arrived on NXT. So you can't count you can't count Shayna out of this as well, just when Kyrie Sane's just had as good a run as she has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very historic mm-hmm. moment to happen on the first ever historical... Yeah, that's one way to make an impact. Yeah. 
Um, we'll continue to talk about Evolution because we've got one talent that is currently signed to NXT, but another talent who is signed to NXT UK, and that is Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. Uh, Gary, I'll start with you. Those two women, it was the final of the May Young Classic. What was your thoughts on their impact on a main roster show? Oh, amazing. Um, I love oh, I Tony know, Storm. Yes. And so it's so like the square go as well. It really did. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Christmas came early. <laughs> um, really pleased with the, with the outcome of that match as well. I was, I was rooting for Tony Storm throughout. Kwaku, mm-hmm. Io Shirai and Tony Storm. It, it was cracking, day. probably good. And it, it just had that whole, like, World Cup final feel to it. Yeah. yeah More than the actual fake World yeah. Cup. You, you yeah. mean the, the US Open? Yeah, the US Open and the Middle East tour. <laughs> uh, so it, it just felt really good. And the fact that it had, it had that prestige that it needed. And it was much better setting and fitting. Like, it's weird to say. So for me, like, last year's May Young Classic final was in SmackDown. It happened, well, it happened in the SmackDown arena, if you like, which was fair enough, like, if they wanted to experiment with the bigger crowd. But I don't know, it's just something about Evolution that just had more of a special feel to it. It had more of a buy-in to it. Yeah, I think, like, the, the actual build-up to Evolution was so poor, mm-hmm. but the execution of the show, mm-hmm. I, I was I was blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I could not stop watching it. Um, and I, I really do hope that they do another one to compensate that they've already got like I think I've seen that's like five shows are now already planned for the Middle East well, for yeah, next year exactly like, I think with with that happening it's, it's got to happen because mm-hmm. they've, only... they've got to continue with that momentum mm-hmm. it was a great show and it was down to the women like it was not down to that push that they were all getting mm-hmm. um, and like the sort of promotion of the show was the most poor thing I'd ever seen um, like I don't think they've actually poorly promoted any pay-per-view like that in the past um, but the women just blew out of the water uh, Strack Io Shirai and Tony Storm I thought it was a brilliant match um, I really like Io Shirai as well okay. this is the thing that's really weird right? I've done it last year and I've done it this year again seen WWE 2K19 I've created mm-hmm. a completely separate brand and it's on a Friday and it's uh, last year I called it Glow but this time I just called it Evolution because it's on lit ring I could download mm-hmm. and I've, I've, it sounds weird but I think it would be mere impressive I've actually transferred every woman from Smackdown, Raw and NXT into this main brand mm-hmm. well see see, funny enough to talk about that because you do get all women's promotions like in Glasgow you've got Fierce Females down in London you've got Pro Wrestling Eve you've got Stardom over in Japan you've got Shimmer kicking around the, uh, America as well do you think that it might actually benefit the women having their own brand, or is that just too much content? No, I think I think they can get away with it because see, you've got it's not like the case of the match quality is going to be poor because that you've seen you've seen so many of them, and it's, it's just they're saying about having a tag division. But what I've done is mm-hmm. I, there's a, a, a women's world title. That's it. There's no SmackDown and Raw women's title, and there's a women's Intercontinental right. title, and there's a women's tag team titles, and. I've actually t- I've given them to Kyrie saying and you know should I because I thought see they <laughs> naturally we've been of course imagine they two as a tag team well it'll happen they're kind point. of in a stable with Dakota Kai aren't they aye but she's like the, the little sister you bring on in trips <laughs> now there was one more honourable mention that was brought up when 
planning this show. And it was actually to do with 205 Live and their Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Uh, Dave, Roger yeah. Strong, what do you think about his impact on the main roster when it was like a very short appearance in, in the actual um, tournament itself? But what did you think about it? See, to be honest, I didn't follow the, the tournament as much as I'd like to have done. So I missed a lot of Roderick That's because Strong. he crashed out of it early. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Roderick, the dummy. Roderick the Strong's dummy. appearance was almost blinking you miss it. So yeah. I, I can't really sort of comment on it. He's he's done much better on NXT as part of Undisputed Era, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Um, Gary, did you follow the 205 Live uh, Cruiserweight Championship tournament? Yes. Um, uh, 205 Live was one of the one of the programs that fell off the the radar for me. But I was surprised when um, uh, so I, I was watching it at the time of the tournament. Sorry, um, I, I was really surprised mm-hmm. that Roderick Strong fell at the first hurdle in the way he did. When I seen he was in it, I thought, oh, that would yeah. be uh, you know one one to watch. Should NXT talent be made used more on the main roster if you think it will help their character progression? No, no, no. <laughs> No, because it's yeah. hard to say effort. So, no, I agree with the guys. I would you, say you, no to that see as these well. days, especially the way the things are going, you just don't know what's going to happen. And the jury, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, although they did the whole thing of we're taking back control, we're going to let the fans decide. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How how it feels like it feels like cyber. Exactly, Sunday the jury's still out on that front. Like so mm-hmm. far, yeah, okay, promising, but. Jury still out, in my opinion. It's like that old expression. Right. It's like shame me once, shame on me, shame me, fool me twice, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We'll quickly we'll round this off um, about who has actually been announced to be called up. So at Survivor Series, you had Lars Sullivan be announced that he was going to be coming soon, and now he's lurking. A bit creepy. <laughs> um, got, you it it is creepy. Follow you on Instagram. That's creepy. Uh, but Lars Sullivan is working. That does not sound creepy in the slightest to you guys. No, it does. <laughs> exactly. Um, you've got Lacey Evans now. I don't think she's been she's been doing okay in NXT, but she is true to her character. She's one of the ones to be coming up. One of my favourite up-and-coming tag teams, Heavy Machinery. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them so much. Like, I think it's like more... They, they are hard-hitting, but they're also really mm-hmm. funny. Steak and weights, baby. Steak and weights. Um, you've got EC3 mm. and Nikki Cross. So all of them were actually announced on the 17th of December show on Raw. Apart from Lars Sullivan, he was announced in Survivor Series. Now, apart from them, who would you guys like to be... Who would you like to see be called up? Not necessarily just because they need it or because you think they'll actually do well. So, Strack, I'll start with you. So this is probably going to be hard for you. Did he answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. WWE was better, and it was not better. If it was different, and you knew somebody's going to get called up and used the right way, they were in NXT. Obviously, Gargano and Champa, mm-hmm. Alistair mm-hmm. Black, Dream. But who do you think? Who do you think will? Who can you see getting called up? Like at any point next year? Next year? Oh, yeah. For 2019, who do you think will get well, called well, up? They can won't stay there forever, yeah. but they they'll probably will get called up. But I say the the fear with me is they get wasted. That's my fear. Mm-hmm. Dave? I'd like to see the dream on the main roster. Because I think Gargano and Ciampa, they're pretty much almost almost a given to go to the main roster at some point. 
But one that I think I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to and blending with the main roster is definitely Velveteen Dream. His character work on NXT yeah. has just been outstanding and I'd like to see more of it. I think that's just because they've actually let him have free reign because it's like, I don't know what to do with you. You just, just, you just yeah, go with he it. Just, he just makes it work for him <laughs> given having this sort of, this good amount of creative control about his character. Yeah. Uh, Gary, who would you think is getting called up next year? So there's five on my list um, at the moment that I think sure. would be in the running for call-up. I've got Champa or Gargano. I think it'll be one or the other. I think one will stay behind for the... T uh, not stay behind, that means sound like it's the motion. One will, one, one will stay in NXT. I think Alistair Black will get called up sometime next year. I, I, I do think the Dream will get called, called up. I think that's uh, inevitable that he'll be mm -hmm. maybe the, the headline mm. post-mania call-up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can see Ricochet getting called up as well. And the one I have a question mark against is the Undisputed Era. Um, so I think they should go as a group, but the experience in the last mm -hmm. year of groups being called up from NXT to the main roster has not been great, as we started off talking about sanity in this, this show. Uh, but you know, Adam Cole's such a talent. Could he have a run with the? Could and should he have a run as NXT champion? Yeah. Given the way the storyline's story going, I think... Gargano could be taking mm. the title off Champa, and then Champa goes to the main mm. roster. Yeah, I hope that this uh, story is going to unfold, and it will be Johnny's um, playing a game I'm with Champa, and he's not really going to the dark try. side. And then, and then, <laughs> I think Adam Cole will take the title off Johnny. <laughs> Hi, baby, baby. <laughs> uh, Kwaku, finally, who do you see being? Uh, all the names thrown around there are very solid. The only ones I would add to that is Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Oh, good shout. Oh, I'd like to see that. Him. But I'll go further. I'll say there's one person I would not like to see called up. In fact, I'll go further than that, and I hope they get released. Pat McAfee. <laughs> 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 yes. Yep. No, just get him away, please. Someone put yeah, me yeah. on my prediction, though. Yeah. See when Lacey Evans goes up. People mm -hmm. are going to get it. No, nah, I don't think they're they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, she's a vintage girl. Mm. That's, 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 that's as much as the ability to again. It's like, you, you don't get it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, no, it would break my heart if he just sort of got lost in the mix. Same with Gargano. Same with I think the person that would break my heart the most though would be the Velveteen Dream. See if he got called up and it did not take. Like I don't see it not getting taken. Like I think everyone will catch on, but it would kill me. Like it would feel like I'm wearing my Vince McMahon right needs to be kept well away from that man. In fact, yes. I hope he never meets. Wait until 2020 when XFL mm. kicks off, and then when Vince is like hardly ever around. Sarah, but, um, one for I you. think it, it, don't, don't, Imagine don't, don't, Gargano getting called up and getting stuck in 205. Uh, no! Oh, you horrible man. Oh, Strack! Mm -hmm. Every single show you do this. Can I just say, right. that you're only wincing because you know it's true. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting here physically crying right now. Thanks, guys. I, I can never have one show with Strack where I don't cry. It's all part of the service. <laughs> I, I, I can't even call Strack a bully because he's just saying everything that's true. No, the well. thing is, I might make you cry, but at least I stick up for you. Yeah, you uh, do. I think people would twerk yeah, for you. Do. Yes, he does. 
I think that rounds it off. Like, we'll quickly say that I think who's most had the most impactful appearance from NXT? So I'll go around each of you. Stash track. Most impact for NXT? Probably say Almas. No, he's not had a major and, impact, but he will, he will get there. Yeah. It's got to be Drew. Gary? It's Drew for me as well. Yeah, so Drew for me as well. And I think he made the one-off appearance for me, Adam Cole. Do you guys agree? Definitely, yeah. 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 Right, well, that brings us to the end of our last show of 2018. God, guys, I'm so sad. Mm. I'm so sad. Um, but I hope that you have actually all enjoyed this week's show. Um, if there's anything that we've maybe not said, that just just tweet us in. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, just don't call it Strack. I'm going to warn you guys right now. Don't. It's not worth it. Don't try. <laughs> um, but yes, that's the end of our last show for 2018. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and our past year. We've got so much in our back catalogue that you can listen to. Next week... Stephen will be back in the hosting chair to kick off our 2019 calendar with our Look Forward show. Um, So make sure that you are following us on social media and that you are subscribed to get that notification when it does become available. I will thank my panel for joining me. So Strack, Kwaku, Dave and Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. And from all of us at Eat Retweet, I hope you all have a fantastic new year and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now!